When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. It is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Got my man Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and ESPN2 and ESPNU. Boy, the people coming out in terms of the anti-Lebronettes and the LeBronettes <laughs> when it comes to their guy having the foot injury, according to Agent Wozniarowski, ESPN NBA insider. He's going to be out for weeks. You made the great point in terms of people, oh, that is the Lakers' chances of winning a championship. It wasn't as if, and you pointed out, Jay, that the chances were that great no matter what kind of moves that helped their team at the trading deadline not too long ago. Well, I think it ends their chances of them making the playoffs. But he out for several weeks. And the, the bigger point that is going to be the most – Important point that you have heard today to okay. everybody listening to this show. How do you feel about load management now, everybody? That was All a the fans out there yeah. that want to say, well, you know, I, I, I paid my money. I, I get it. I get it. I'm an NBA fan, too. I've been an NBA fan longer than I've ever been an NBA player. I still pay my money to go, my own personal money, to go watch my Nets play and see guys when they come in town. Do I get frustrated when they come in town and maybe I don't see a Jason Tatum or maybe I I don't see a Zion Williamson? Sure I do. I get a little bit frustrated by it. But when I'm looking at situations like this where LeBron James at 38 years old playing 40 minutes on most nights to try to push for this team to get a playoff seed and then an injury that we have been talking about for the last several weeks with him with his foot. Wendy has came on our show before All-Star and has talked about the minutes, the load management of the minutes, and the foot injury at 6'9", is sure as hell is making you think differently about load management this morning if you're a fan of LeBron James or the Lakers and you're saying, there goes my team's chances of making the playoffs. I'll, th- I'll throw this at you. What do you say to those who say that this is what they signed up for? Because I hear that narrative and I hear that question. I hear that argument a lot. It is what they signed up for, but how do we measure success? Okay. What do I mean, certain players, and Charles Barkley talked about this the other day on First Take, and I agree with him. There are certain players that we don't talk about. Like, he's, he gave the salient point. You think anybody's going up to Cedric Sabalas and being like, you never won a chip. Nobody says that to Cedric Sabalas. Nobody says it. It's not the first thing that comes to mind. Right. Charles Barkley, the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, you you up here criticizing it, but you didn't win a chip. Okay. So uh, how do we credit LeBron James? Oh, you got to be the GOAT. What do we do? Every sing- Is he the GOAT? Is he not the GOAT? Well, Le- mm-hmm. Michael Jordan won six. He got there 6-0 in the finals. LeBron James, look, we don't talk about the teams that he took to the finals. Like, all of a sudden, it gets used against him. So right. when you're constantly measuring yourself with championships, do I, do I get applauded for playing 76 games? I might get, if we're saying that's with the MVP, but the fans, you don't care that I played 76 games. Where are you oh, in the playoffs? Oh, you busted. You didn't win a championship. You lost in the first round mm-hmm. again. So what's really important? It's only important when it matters to somebody individually. And there's no doubt. And also, it's important when it happens to your team. 
because it's very easy to look at that and say, okay, because LeBron James is always going to be a polarizing figure. There's absolutely no doubt about that. So anything that happens, good or bad, it's going to get discussed one way or the other. And when you throw load management, even though he's the guy that's been kind of anti-load management, he really has. Because we think of load management, we think of one guy, and that's Kawhi Leonard of Los Angeles Clippers because he's made that work for him to get the kind of contract and also have the kind of power that he's had first with San Antonio before that went sideways, then with Toronto, and now with the Clippers. They're going to placate him every which way because they know if that guy is right in the playoffs, we've seen what he can do with the San Antonio Spurs and with the Raptors. And when he's not here, we know we're not the same organization or the same kind of team that can contend. Because right now, if the Clippers are healthy, and I hate using that word if, if they are healthy, but if they're right, they're near the top of the Western Conference because of that guy. So if he gets to a championship, nobody's going to be throwing load management in his face. <laughs> they're going to say, once again, Kawhi Leonard was a bad you-know-what in the playoffs. They rested him properly, and he was at full tilt boogie when the playoffs rolled around. Look what he was able to do when that happened all together again. And by the way, Freddie, 65 to 70% of the time, it's the team's who are the ones telling the players, hey, we got three games in five days. We're going to sit you after this back-to-back. Or you're not going to play the tail end of this back-to-back because we're going to keep your legs fresh for that right. third game in five days. Mm-hmm. It's the team doing it. It's not like the players, and granted, with Kawhi, that might be a different situation. Yeah, that's an outlier. Yeah. The injuries that he's had. And by the way, what is the biggest measuring stick? Winning chips, being available and being able to sustain a high level right. when it gets time for the playoffs. So what do we say? Well, well, Jokic wins MVP, but you know, he's not winning championships. So what we're telling the players is, okay, well, you're getting the MVP because you played more games in the regular season. But what we're telling them is that we don't care about the regular season because the regular season doesn't matter. Until load Un- management until comes Until load up. management comes in. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, it matters. But it doesn't matter when you win a chip. Right. Because I'm holding up the trophy. I'm getting all that incentives from a contract situation. And by the way, I'm a world champion. You're not going to come. Well, yeah, that one game we came to in January, you didn't play. That's the reason. Like, oh, look, we're champions. We won a chip. I knew he was going to do it the whole time. That's where it is, Freddie. It, it is. Yeah, that's why I'm completely agreeing with you here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, J. Williams and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80 as well as ESPN2, ESPNU. Thanks for joining us here at Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your thoughts on LeBron James? We'll get to the conversation. Is he done winning titles oh, with this injury? Oh, wow. Don't blame me wow. because that's out there. That was the instant instant conversation when people said all right is this going to be it for him because he is getting older let's call it as it is as great as he's been everybody's getting younger and faster in the western conference he's getting older even though he's still great so that that possibility is there more than ever before because you know this jay when you got to rebound from an injury after injury after injury in three consecutive years there's only so much your body can take take excuse me no matter how great lebron james has been in the nba Dude is averaging 32 points per game, nine rebounds, and eight assists on 51% shooting from the field. And yes, he has had injuries, Freddie, the last three years, but this dude has a different type of body. So the real question that LeBron James is now asking himself, when he came out and said, these next 25 games are the most most important 25 games of my career. You love seeing that focus as a fan, right? You love seeing a player all in. Yeah, and I'm not surprised by that by him. You don't think Rich Paul and LeBron James are now sitting back thinking, all right, 
Like, how, how do I treat this injury? Do I rush this back? Absolutely. Is this something that is going to linger? Like, can I do more damage to this if I try to come back too early? Mm-hmm. I want to play for the next three, four years. So how, you have to factor that in now, LeBron James at 38. LeBron James at 30 years old, a foot injury, I'll come back two weeks fine. Now at 38, I don't, I don't know. This might be a month before I feel 100% ready to come back. Okay. Do we need LeBron James to come back at 50% at this stage of his career to push for a ninth seed? An eighth seed? Are you gonna? Do you want LeBron James to do that? Well, it, it depends on what LeBron James wants to do when it comes to his competitive spirit. I, I get it. I understand that's where you feel, but LeBron is always going to be about, okay, what can I do to put myself in the best possible position to win a championship, to increase the odds of me where I don't have to do as much at this point in my career, injury notwithstanding. And if he's done winning championships, maybe the question is, is he done winning championships in Los Angeles? Because he can have a chance I, to go somewhere else. That's the question to me. Yeah. To me right now, on, on the surface, I would say the chances are very, very unlikely he gets another chip in Los Angeles. I would have told you that at the beginning of the year, though. I don't think that was realistic Like that we had to think about now. We've been talking about this the whole year. I, I didn't see the construction of this team being a championship contender. I did say, though, okay. that this offseason, if they were to sign Mr. 11 and Kyrie Irving, right. That's a different scenario. Because now AD, LeBron, and Kyrie, that's a different trio right. that can move the needle. Here's the, to that point. Because I firmly believe Kyrie Irving still has his eyes west of Dallas. No, Dallas could, that's be true, unless too. Dallas wins a championship, and even then, I still don't think that's going to be part of the paradise for Kyrie Irving when it comes to being an NBA player. L.A. has that allure, and reuniting with LeBron James has that allure, too. There's nothing wrong with playing Luka Doncic. There are a lot of worse situations that you could have to be a part of as a superstar in the NBA. But even with that trade, I said, yeah, that's all well and good. That's a rental. There's no way he's staying in Dallas, even though they can pay him the most money. He has his eyes firmly on Los Angeles to reunite with those guys over there, especially with LeBron James. And if that happens, then it's a different conversation about is he done winning championships in Los Angeles. So the, the question leads to over the next two years, he has one year left on this deal, then he has a player option. It's a similar situation to Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. which is why I don't believe Aaron Rodgers is actually going anywhere. I think he will sign back with Green Bay. i said that for the longest time. It's $50 million. That's what LeBron James would earn mm-hmm. in the year 2025, which he'll, he will be 40, 2025, but will be set to receive, if he takes the player option, $50 million for one season. So next year, if they were to get a Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. I, as mm-hmm. much as we want to say, hey, Bronny, if Bronny gets drafted, LeBron wants a player, Bronny, which could be realistic, you're going to turn down $50 million for one season? And to play on a championship-type team in Los Angeles where you wanted to go in the first place? I, I, don't, I don't see him doing that if they're able to get Kyrie and if Rob Palenka is able to make the right moves roster construction-wise yeah. to put them in contention. Kenneth and Dallas weigh in on this at triple eight say espn 888 on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Well, I think he's going to end up back in Green Bay when it's all said and done. If I am the Jets, I'm not waiting to see if Carr is going to come to me. I'm going to go make the move to try and get Aaron Rodgers. The number one spot I'm looking at right now, it's the Raiders. He's Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman. Our Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80, ESPN2, and ESPNU. So he's no longer the Prince of Darkness. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, he's out of that whole thing and whatever that's going to be. <laughs> but are we any closer to a decision on what his future is going to look like? Always great to have Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us on Twitter. Hit him on Twitter, excuse me, at Jeff Darlington. Jeff, Jay and I are the same mind. We don't believe Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere. He has close to 60 million reasons mm. not to leave Green Bay when it comes to his contract this year. What does your gut tell you that what you expect him to do? You know, I'm, I'm still down the middle on this. By the way, to be clear, I don't expect retirement at all for right. your exact reasons. Mm-hmm. You don't leave that kind of money on the table. I don't care what kind of alternative lifestyles you're into. Like, that's still <laughs> generational wealth. I, 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 look, <laughs> I look at this situation, though, and, and do wonder what shapes up the next week. Last year, it was March 8th, actually, when Aaron Rodgers and the Packers agreed to that contract that ultimately held him in Green Bay. The interesting thing is that we're here again because last year there was at least uncertainty when it came to the contract. Aaron Rodgers wanted a long-term commitment if he was going to really commit to the Packers. And I was speaking with somebody uh, important in Green Bay who was basically like, yeah, no, I think Aaron will be back because of the commitment we made to each other last year. Now, I want to believe that from a wishful thinking standpoint. I understand that mentality, but I also recognize that Aaron, number one, is unique when it comes to his decision-making. And number two, uh, he's at the point in his career where I think he is thinking year to year, uh, what, what do I ultimately want out of this? So this next week, my point is, will be very indicative of whether Aaron Rodgers uh, just simply says, no, I'm going to be back in Green Bay. If we don't hear those words, if we don't, if we don't hear it from somebody in the organization that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back, to me that says that this thing is going to go uh, in a direction that could lead Darren Rodgers being on a team, whether that's the Jets, the Raiders, or some other team that we're not foreseeing right now. Jeff, uh, the question always then becomes, what is the best option for him? Because, frankly, the Jets and the AFC, the AFC is absolutely loaded. I, I, I do think the Jets would have a chance to be special yeah. with him, even though I, I don't think <clears> – <throat> that the New York media really agrees with the lifestyle that Aaron Rodgers would like to live. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders situation is different. I don't think they have all the pieces. Now they can go get the pieces. But still, w- couldn't you make a case that the right. best option for him to win a championship is with this wide receiving core that has gotten better, with this defense that has made improvement and staying in Green Bay? For sure. I'm at, like 
I think it's definitely a grass is always greener kind of scenario for Aaron. And I wonder if he was to get into a new building, if all of a sudden he's looking at that culture saying, wow, maybe I had it pretty decent in Green Bay. I, I'm not saying that's definitely the case. We saw Tom Brady go down to Tampa, a very different type of environment. And maybe he wouldn't have had the long-term success that he had in New England because of the difference in culture, but he did win a Super Bowl there as well. So I'm sure Aaron does look at that and what Tom did and says, uh, you know, maybe a refreshed vibe could lead to to, to better things, to greener pastures, literally. But I, I just, I I understand what you're saying. I think it's going to be up to the organization to say, are we just tired of this? Do we need to just move on? I'm tired Trade Aaron, it. find out what we <laughs> have not. in Jordan Love. <laughs> I, but, but in all seriousness, like, I, I think that's worth something. Mm. If we're all feeling it, I know we maybe manufacture things and say, sensationalize them a little bit more than what happens internally. But you got to think that the Packers, what is this, the third year in a row we're having these conversations? At some point, they're saying, we did draft this guy, Jordan Love. We do believe that he's growing. We know we have to inevitably move on at some point. And by the way, the quarterback that was the two-time MVP that we knew we had to back on our roster wasn't that this year. So maybe he does come back. I'm just saying I understand the questions. Yeah, it feels like Brett Favre all over again without an Aaron Rodgers as a backup. Jeff Darlington, ESPN oh NFL reporter, joining <laughs> us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Uh, Freddie Coleman in today for Max. I, I, I did want to transition quickly, Jeff, to the Dallas Cowboys. How confident are you in Dak mm-hmm. Prescott being able to win a Super Bowl with a star <sighs> in his helmet? I mean, I, I am personally confident, uh, but I'm no football scout, guys. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I see a player who clearly has the the – personality, the leadership, all of the qualities of a champion. Like I have spent enough time around Dak to at least feel that in comparison to the other great players that I've been around. I also think though, that this comes down to roster building and and roster management. As much as I think that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest player on the planet. I do see a team that even when they trade Tyreek Hill away, they find a way to put the pieces around Patrick to make sure that he's going to be successful. The Cowboys trading Amari Cooper a couple years ago to me still set this team off in a direction that I I think they underestimated. They've got to have more pass catchers. We knew that. We talked about it all August. It was the biggest question about the Cowboys. You trade away Amari Cooper, all you have is CeeDee Lamb. Do you have enough weapons for Dak? They didn't. Uh, Is Ezekiel Elliott the kind of running back that can be explosive and truly create balance in the run game, it wasn't. So I think that the Cowboys have to take a good hard look at themselves and say, if we do believe we have the quarterback, then it's time to truly find out by putting pieces around him that are also championship caliber. The easy question is, oh, easy answer, excuse me, is that it's Jerry Jones's fault getting in the way. What is the real answer why the Cowboys have continued to stock players but not been able to find the right fit to be a championship team, Jeff? Yeah, not not it's it's certainly not for the lack of passion or the lack of trying or the lack of some of the things that we see from owners uh, in the league who, frankly, don't necessarily spend the cap that right. they, they don't pour the resources in. You know, I I have a tough time overly being too critical of Jerry Jones given how much he's investing in this team. Um, do I wonder at some point if he goes back one more time to that Parcells type of model where he takes a step back? And let's say someone like 
Well, Sean Payton's now in Denver. That would have been the closest match to that. I, I, I wonder that. I don't see it happening. Um, so I think that, you know, I respect it. He's going to do it his way, Frank Sinatra style, you know? <laughs> Is Jeff, do you think this will be the, the last year that we might see Mike McCarthy along with the team? Because it feels like these, uh, these are two meteorites that are yeah. kind of going in a similar direction, right, between Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. And it, right. it's transitioned from, you know, last year the pressure was on Mike McCarthy, and now he's kind of reset that, and the pressure's gone back to Dak. But they've always yeah, been you know, vacillating between the two. It's funny that you put it like that because it's very true. Because um, I would have put so much pressure on Mike McCarthy last year, and honestly, wouldn't have expected him to to make it as far as he did or to have the success that he did this year in terms of record. Uh, I would say this: when you see the head coach um, fire the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. in Kellen Moore, and you're an offensive mind, and you're saying, "All right, I'm taking the play calling into my hands," that to me feels like okay, we're we're at the you're, you're removing the excuses, right? You, you, and once you get down to the point where you've got none left, it's time to put up or shut up. And for Mike McCarthy, would have thought it last year. This year, you've extinguished every other excuse. It's on you. It's on your team. It, it's your squad. And uh, and honestly, if he doesn't do it this year, then yeah, if you're Jerry Jones, you've got to say, we've got to try our shot with somebody else. Dan Quinn on line two. Freddie. Yes, as a Cowboys fan, he should be on line one, but that's just my feeling as far as that goes. Staying with (laughs) quarterbacks in that division, once again, Carson Wentz washing out with another team. Washed out in Philadelphia, washed out in Indianapolis, and speaking of one year, washed out of Washington. Have we seen the last of Carson Wentz as an NFL starter, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could have asked me that when he left Indianapolis, and my answer would be the same, yes. Uh, Does he get another start under his belt at some point in some capacity. Sure. Maybe whatever, you know, Chad Henney was that close 13 years into his career, you know, like <laughs> that happens. But in my opinion, from teams investing in Carson Wentz, I, I, I'm surprised it got this far to be completely honest. I'm surprised every year in the preseason, when you look at the MVP odds that Carson Wentz is somehow ahead of half the starters in the NFL who have done more and proven more than Carson Wentz did. Uh, to me, all I needed to see to finally sort of give up that hope was in Jacksonville when the Colts went there and it was a win and you're in scenario for the playoffs. Oh yeah. And I've never seen less leadership or less urgency from somebody who they needed. To me, that was the moment when I'm not trying to be like overly critical. I'm just saying that was the moment for me when I was like, okay, this this isn't going in a better direction. By the way, Jeff, it's just a reason and a lesson for young athletes out there. That's why you, when you can get your money, you get it, right? You sign that hundred million. You, you, you get, get your, your money. money. You get he's it. okay now. That's it. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> right. Yeah, we don't need a Venmo account for Carson Wentz. So true. Wentz. When he, you know, when he signed that contract, it was the most guaranteed money ever given to a player in NFL history. Yeah, exactly. So no when doubt. we see those the talk about the guarantees, whether it's with Lamar Jackson or even someone like Jalen Hurts, when we try to project out and say, well, he'll be fine, though. It's Jalen Hurts. It's Lamar Jackson. Mm. Like, what do they have to worry about the guarantees for? Look at Carson Wentz, because we weren't saying this about him when he signed that contract. He's a fantastic follow on Twitter. Jeff Darlington does a great job as an ESPN NFL reporter. Always good to catch with Jeff Darlington. He did a great job, as always, here on Keyshawn. Thanks, Jay fellas. Max. Always Jeff. a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you so much, my friend. By the way, you can help people affected by the Turkey earthquake. Please visit redcross.org slash ESPN. 
That's redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. With Jay Will in over with me, Freddie Coleman, or Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max. The Bears are open for business, but what kind of business is it? We'll talk about that next in ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Well, according to Adam Schefter, the Bears are looking to move out of the number one pick. Could be the Raiders, depending on what that reset looks like. If a team like Las Vegas or Carolina were to offer them a ton of picks to move up, Chicago has to seriously consider that because there are so many needs on this roster. If I'm Bryce Young, right now I'm saying, hallelujah, mm. hallelujah, mm. hallelujah, mm. hallelujah, mm. hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do something for me? <laughs> I'm still laughing about Harry Douglas saying the church doors are now open when it comes to Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Move up. That's a lot of money on the line, man. It's a lot of money that they want to do with the Chicago Bears. He's Jay Williams and Freddie coming in for the guys today. I mean, I'm in for Keyshawn and Max Hellman on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio. Thanks for joining the show on the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, ESPN2, and ESPNU. So the Bears have it. What are they going to do with it when it comes to number one pick? Keep it or move out of it? Let's bring in Courtney Cronin, part of ESPN NFL Nation, reporter fame. Also now the co-host of Best Week Ever on ESPN Radio, mm. Sundays from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern time, and hit her on Twitter at Courtney R. Cronin. Now, Courtney, both Ryan Poles, the general manager, and Matt Eberflus, the head coach, they're going to speak today at the Combine in Indianapolis. What should we expect that they're going to say about that number one pick that they still have? Well, they're going to get asked about the report that came out yesterday from Adam Schefter that the Bears are, quote, leaning towards trading the number one pick. And I think when you hear that, Freddie, you say, yeah, like, you know, and water is wet. Like, we were all expecting (laughs) something like that to happen because they don't need a quarterback. It's pretty obvious how they feel about Justin Fields. And even going back a month ago, Ryan Poles said that he'd have to be blown away by one of the draft prospects to, to pivot course from that and go and draft a quarterback. So I I mean, a lot of it's going to come down to like what their evaluation is of this class because we haven't heard from polls yet about how he feels Bryce Young could fit into this team and, you know, doing your due diligence on the others in the group with C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. This will be the first time if, if, if he's willing to go into any detail on that that he can talk about the strengths of those quarterbacks and whether, you know, you know, what they're going to be looking for, too. I mean, this is a good chance because that was a message he put out yesterday. It was kind of an obvious one. But this is his chance to, to put out what the asking, what the offers needs to be in order for teams to be able to move up to number one. So 
curious to see how he handles that and just looking at like the overall strength of this draft where they feel they can get a good defensive player if it is staying at number one or if they feel comfortable moving down a few spots and still being able to get a Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Courtney, I, I get the games that are always played around the draft as it relates to I don't want to give my hand. It's like a Texas Hold'em, right? Like it, <laughs> you're waiting for the, the turn card, the river card. You got a good hand. And you, I'm all in like to make you think I have some, but maybe I don't. But like, what, what do you think the reasoning behind saying I would have to be blown away by a quarterback in this draft class was for Ryan Poles to even say to begin with? When he first talked well, about I th- this. Well, I think he really does think that Justin Fields can be a long-term option here in Chicago and develop into a franchise quarterback. I don't think you say those things after the season ends if you're still undecided on whether he has the potential to get there. Like We saw flashes of it last year. We didn't see a whole lot of it. We know that the athleticism and, and his skills as a, as a running quarterback, none of that can be denied. And that's a new skill for him. I have to keep reminding people this wasn't a quarterback that came out of Ohio State who was, you know, a reincarnation of Lamar Jackson when he got to the NFL. This was somebody who was a pocket passer and a really efficient one in the, at the college level. So this was a new thing for him this year. And that's, that's truly where, like, you know, we saw so much of his playmaking ability come from being able to take, you know, a collapsing pocket and make something out of nothing. And, I I just I look at what Ryan Poles said then, what he'll say today, and kind of what the messaging has been around Fields this offseason because he's done media availability at the Super Bowl talking about well what happens if they trade you. Mm-hmm. Like I think that he's gotten the assurance from this team that they are happy with him. But like you know at the end of the day they have to do their work as a front office because what if somebody comes in and it's not even about the draft pick. If a team comes in and says, hey, we'll offer you two firsts for Fields, are you going to say no to that? Like, that's difficult, and you would be able to draft your own quarterback if you're Ryan Poles in the front office because he didn't draft Fields in 21 because he wasn't here. But that's that's what I think I'll be curious to see. Like, are, are, Have teams expressed interest in Justin Fields over the last month or so, more so than the number one draft pick? Because what, what's going to give you the biggest return in the end? Like, That's the move they would end up making. Go ahead. Go ahead. Co-host of the best week ever on ESPN Radio, Courtney Cronin, joining us here on ESPN on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Courtney, I, I did. What do you think the re, <laughs> the demand is on these quarterbacks currently in the draft? Uh, and I've heard certain people talk about Bryce Young that he has a chance to be, you know, a transformational like quarterback. I've heard other people talk about his size being something. That makes him extremely cautious. Obviously, the names like Anthony Richardson, Will Levitt, you know, uh, all these guys come into play, C.J. Stroud. Uh, what do you think the demand is for the first pick in the draft? That, I don't think it's going to be as high as what's out there right now. And that's like, again, you have to sift through all the smoke screens because you know the idea that they can get a king's ransom for this number one overall pick after tipping their hand that they're not trying to draft a quarterback that does that takes away some of their leverage. So I don't think it's going to be what we saw for Trey Lance, you know, the pick that the 49ers traded up for to get their quarterback a few years ago. Three firsts for that in a second. I don't think that they're going to be able to generate that. I do think, though, there is a need for teams like Houston and Indianapolis, teams that do want to go and draft their quarterback to get, you know, get involved with the Bears here in Indianapolis, find out what Chicago wants for that pick. And then Chicago, in turn, can play both of them off one another to, to you know, yield the biggest offer. 
But there's a lot of quarterback needy teams. Granted, this is not a draft class that has that quote unquote generational talent. We just, it's not, we haven't seen it like with the group of a couple of years ago that had Trevor Lawrence or you go back, you know, all those years to where Andrew Luck was in the draft. Like this is a group where we have heard, you know, the Patrick Mahomes comparison to Bryce Young. And I always think it's a little premature to be putting labels of a two time Super Bowl champion on someone who hasn't played a snap of NFL football. But True. If that's how he's projecting out at 5'10", then you know, I'll be curious to see how he actually does translate to the NFL. And if somebody does get the steal of the draft in you know, a Bryce Young going forward. But there will be probably like, I don't think there's going to be four quarterbacks taken in the top 10. Like we say that every year when we look at the board, it never ends up shaking out that way. So I wouldn't be surprised, again, if we only see like two or three taken by the time that Carolina's on the clock. Freddie, I hate that so much as a former player. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, well, if I'm, a, if I'm a talent in the draft, it's like, oh, Jay Williams reminds me of Allen Iverson. No, uh, yeah, no, no, I do not. You, you do, yeah. don't, don't do that to me. Yeah, like, Give me a combination of three or four quarterbacks that Bryce Young can remind you of. Right. Instead of saying, oh, he's like a smaller Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that, don't set me up for failure that way. That's the last thing anybody needs. But are the Bears, in your opinion, Courtney, setting themselves up for failure by putting it out there that they could be interested in suitors when it comes to the number one pick? I, I just thought it was such an obvious thing because we knew – the day that the pick changed hands between the Houston Texans and the Chicago Bears, that the Texans were probably going to have to buy back their pick if they wanted to draft a quarterback number one and not risk, you know, another team going to get one. Because you look at the draft board, I mean, the Colts are there at four. They need a quarterback. The Raiders, the Panthers, there's four teams in the top ten that are going to generate some interest. I just don't know if it's going to be as much as Chicago would maybe hope for. And continuing to put those messages out there that they're effectively open for business. We knew that already. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to like do any, I don't think it's going to do any harm necessarily, but I don't think it's going to increase their leverage or, or their chances of getting a better offer than what they would have already had gotten had that report come out yesterday that they're leaning towards trading the pick. Cause we knew they were. How has Justin Fields reacted to all these rumors? Cause I, I know key always talks about quarterbacks being sensitive even though I know Justin feels like, you know, he wants to run through the wall all the time. What's his reaction been? I think he went on a couple podcasts during Super Bowl week, and I think he handled it just as about as well as you can, where there was clearly a conversation that happened during, you know, the early part of the offseason between Ryan Poles and Justin Fields, where, you know, there had to be an understanding as a front office, we've got to do our due diligence here, but we believe in you. And I think that he feels that sort of belief from this team. But Mm -hmm. going back to the scenario, Jay, that I pointed out earlier, if a team comes in with multiple firsts for the current quarterback of the Chicago Bears and the team can't say no to that, it's not an indictment on Fields and his skill set. It's more so that that was an offer that they can't refuse. And I think he's aware of that. Like Just hearing how he's spoken you know, the last couple weeks that he's done media appearances about – you know, this process and, you know, not trying to like get like too caught into the weeds of what's, you know, what the team's doing. That's probably the right approach because it's completely out of his control at this point. And no matter where he goes, he's going to, I mean, if he ends up staying in Chicago, which I think he will end up doing, or if he went to a place that needs a quarterback boost right now and and can put pieces around him, unlike the bears did in 2022, I think he's going to succeed. I think he has every bit, 
the tool set that, you know, tools, the skill set that's going to be required to be a franchise quarterback. And I think he knows that too. Great stuff by Courtney Cronin, ESPN NFL Nation Bears reporter, now co-host of the best week ever on ESPN Radio. Happens every Sunday from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. Part of the off-season check-in on the Chicago Bears here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Always a pleasure, Courtney. Can't wait to talk to you again soon, my friend. You take care. All right, Courtney. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. It Thank is, you. It is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Freddie coming to J. Williams in today. And we'll stay with the Chicago Bears and the word concern when it comes to how they're handling things, why they had that number one spot. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Courtney Cronin, part of ESPN NFL Nation. Are the Bears, in your opinion, Courtney, setting themselves up for failure by putting it out there that they could be interested in suitors when it comes to the number one pick? The Colts are there at four. They need a quarterback. The Raiders, the Panthers, there's four teams in the top ten that are going to generate some interest. I just don't know if it's going to be as much as Chicago would maybe hope for. It is Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Or in this case, karaoke J. Will and Max. He's Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. Thanks for joining us on Sirius X and Channel 80, the ESPN app, and ESPN2 and ESPNU. Give me a Kalik. I was having a Kalik on the beach in Bahamas. Oh, absolutely. Oh, to this song. Yeah. Little Wayne Wonder it. for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. My boy, oh, yeah. Chef Jeffrey out there yeah. All taking you need, care of us. Then you had a little rupee tempted Oof. to touch right after that. Uh, you were good to go then. Man, we had, man, I'll yeah. tell you one, I ate to too much. I came back when I, 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 yeah. I have to be 215 right now. You poor baby. Uh, I'm just First saying, my plan weight's 195. He's <laughs> <laughs> 20 pounds overweight right now, Freddie. It was too We're good, building. man. Yeah, You're, exactly. You poor thing. I was doing it. He looks so man. out of shape. Everything. You have to go on like Go Fit or something like that. You poor baby when it comes to Jay <laughs> Williams. A lot of people in Chicagoland are wondering, okay, what in the name of Walter Payton are the Chicago Bears doing? Because it's one thing to – want to be in business to trade out of the number one pick because a lot of people want a quarterback. They feel the need that they to trade to a number one pick to do that. Then the Bears put it out there. Ryan Pohl, the general manager, saying that they are leaning, based on reports, of trading out of the number one spot. My dad, Freddie Coleman Jr., always said something that always makes sense in these situations. If you know a lot, say nothing. If you know more, say less. And that is something, if you're the Bears, whatever leverage you thought you might have, you're weakening your position by putting it out there that you could be in business the trade out of that number one spot. So think about the last quarterbacks that were traded up for to the number one spot, right? So you go back to 2016 with the Rams. So Jared Goff took you to a Super Bowl, okay? In 2001, like Michael Vick, 
Trade it up. Not too shabby. Michael Vick. Okay, Until like he a, went haywire. Until sure. before yeah. Pro Bowls made a huge impact, right? Right. Uh, and then Orlando Pace, 1997. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Right? So, w- w- at three-time first team. So, whatever the the price is going to be a hefty price, you better make sure that you're moving up for a generational-type quarterback that you believe can change your franchise. Exactly. And what I keep hearing from people is they're not sure a quarterback exists like that in this draft class, unless you're telling me that Bryce Young is the answer. I like Bryce Young, but I don't like him like him like that. Like ludicrous. I don't like him like that, to paraphrase as far as that goes, <laughs> because I think C.J. Stroud's going to be a better quarterback in the National Football League. That does mean that Bryce Young is not talented. And I know a lot of people make a big deal about his size. Not only that he's not tall, barely 5'10", maybe 5'10 and a half, but that he's very light in the frame. I look at it this way. If you can play, you can play. doesn't matter what you look like as long as you get it done. But if you're saying there's a generational quarterback in that body of Bryce Young, I don't even see that in a guy like in C.J. Stroud, who I think is going to be a better NFL quarterback. So if you're going to train a number one pick and Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud is going to be that guy, th- that's a lot for a guy that's not what you talked about. With the, Not saying Jared Goff's a, a generational kind of quarterback, but you do that for the John Elways of the world. You do that for the, the Aaron Rodgers of the world. I don't see that right now in C.J. Stroud or in Bryce Young. And to Michael Vick, yeah, that guy became a generational player until things went haywire, but he turned around that franchise in Atlanta. I don't think that's going to happen with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young to trade into the number one pick and give up picks. I don't think that's a good idea to help the Bears that way. I do wonder what's going to happen after we get through the combine and C.J. Stroud actually gets a chance to throw the ball. Like I wonder if perceptions or opinions will change on, on him because, frankly, I think he has all the tools to be a pretty special NFL quarterback. I'm with you. I'm with you. I still understand why it's not catching as much traction. Well, you, you, here's why. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Jay. Here's why I believe that when it comes to C.J. Stroud. I think people look at him and maybe they don't believe that he is going to be that good based on what they've seen. And you would have thought, to trampoline off what you said about perception First reality. George's defense, man. He threw for 354 that, touchdowns. That's like exactly where I was going. And if the field goal kicker got made a field goal, <laughs> and that's about Georgia going back-to-back when it comes to winning a national championship. So whatever he's not doing – that has not gotten to people's attention because I know if I'm sitting there at four from the Colts and he's there, there's no way I'm not taking and there's no way, there's no way I'm taking anybody else. Hmm. I'm taking that guy because that guy you put pieces around him. I think that guy's going to be a terrific quarterback in the NFL. That was my that, that was my <laughs> ultimate conclusion on it. I mean, that's what I've been thinking. But I mean, every time we have some kind of analyst on, they're telling me that you know Bryce Young is a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. So I I get confused. Well. You know exactly what it's like to be a number one pick or a top three pick. When you were going through that process, how many times they found things that you could not do of course, compared to things that you could do. It's as if, okay, we know what Jay Will can do. Man, tough off the dribble. You can't let him get in the lane. You back off him. He can knock down a jump in your grill, and he can take you anywhere he wants to go and take over games. They knew that about you. They were looking for things that you couldn't do that could be a red flag at the next level. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with quarterbacks. We know what Bryce Young can do. He breaks out of the pocket. Good luck to you. He's gone. Right. C.J. Stroud, there's not a throw he can't make. Short, intermediate, deep. At a certain point when you're rated that highly, Jay, they look for things you can't do because they've already seen the things you can do that can be successful at the next level. Mm. Well, it's going to be one hell of a draft when it comes up, but I'm with Cordy. As it relates to Chicago – I don't. I don't. I, I, from from the beginning, Freddie, I told you. Yeah, you did. Like it was mm-hmm. like this is Justin Fields' team. I mean, without him playing this year, 
Like, you know, we're close to winning a couple of games, right? He's been impactful. Yep. And this is the quarterback moving forward. Yeah, you build around him, yes. not try to move on from him. But another team needs a franchise quarterback. We'll tell you who that team is, and if they're going to screw that up, that's next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.